Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Showtime with Roman podcast. I'm your host, Roman RBC, and we are back, baby, with another episode. Um, of course, we have a lot to talk about, mainly about Batman, Batman, and just a little bit more Batman. A lot of Batman news. I'm actually kind of happy I decided to wait to podcast. Um, wasn't feeling it Saturday night, was a, was a little hectic at work, and I was a little tired, and I was like, man, I do not want to put a lot of effort into something right now, so I'm just going to chill for the rest of the night. Uh, Sunday, off day, relaxed day, um, and then now we are back here Monday night, Monday evening uh, to podcast. Um, and you want to know, like, just one of these things I was thinking about recently is, like, just sometimes people say things, and you just, like, for some reason it bugs the shit out of you. So, like, whenever we go outside and people are like, oh, my God, the sun is so bright. And I'm like, the sun's always bright. Right? Like, even when, like, there's clouds, the sun is still, like, bright. It's, like, never not bright. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I'm not actually mad about it. But it's, like, whenever I hear it, I'm like, how did we, like, manage to find that phrasing and to insert it in our vocabulary when we step outside? And the sun is indeed shining down upon us because if that were the case, then we should be saying that every day. Anyways, this, that's just one of the things that I was thinking about, like, because I think I heard my mom say it. And I was like, man, that's just like, it's weird. It's very strange. Um, so let's just get right into it today. Um, unfortunately, some sad news. Joel Schumacher um, has passed away at the age of 80. Um, he directed Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, uh, two of what I would say universally disliked Batman movies. Um, but Batman Forever holds a really special place in my heart. Um, it's one of those m- movies that is people would consider a guilty movie pleasure, but I'm definitely not guilty for enjoying it. I think it's a really fantastic movie actually um you know the characterizations i mean we can go all day about the technicalities the filmmaking of it all but honestly what's just so impressive about the movie is the aesthetic is great it's definitely uh got some homoerotic tension uh as we know that joel schumacher was openly out um as a gay man for most of his career and he is uh, one hell of a successful filmmaker. He's got lots of films um, in his filmography that many would consider great. Um, you're looking at The Lost Boys, Falling Down, Phone Booth, his version of Phantom of the Opera. Um, a lot of good people put it into better words. But, you know, he he was one of the first filmmakers to make Vampire Sexy. He was one of the first filmmakers to um, make Nicolas Cage crazy, crazy Nicolas Cage. Um, and he was uh, definitely a, a, a controversial, divisive director in terms of uh, his work. Um, but for the most part, he's one of those filmmakers that we're going to uh, miss desperately because there's not a lot like him right now. Um, all of his projects that I've seen, which is only four of them, Falling Down, both Batman films, and Lost Boys, which is just fantastic. Um, there really isn't another director like him. Um, and he was definitely very inf- uh, influential on my life considering... Um, I love for Batman Forever my entire life. Um, so it's, 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 it re- it's really unfortunate. He lived a long life, um, and he made some really great films and impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Um, and uh, may he rest in peace. Um, so moving on to more Batman news. And this Batman news, I might have a hot take for you. And a lot of people already probably know what the hot take is. 
but I'm going to say it again anyways because it's true. So word on the street is is that Michael Keaton is confirmed to be returning as Batman Bruce Wayne in Ezra Miller's uh, Flashpoint movie. A um, couple things that we need to take a look at first is I'm kind of shocked this is still going through and still going to happen. It seems like it's been happening for years because it has. Various directors have been attached. But recently with Ezra Miller's like choke slam of a fan, even though I guess it was like a request, but I don't think they requested it to be that violent or visceral. It's like one of those things where it was like it kind of came and went, and a lot of us, I think, kind of fell out of our conscience until people reminded us on social media or we remembered now. Um, but I'm kind of confused because usually when stuff like that happens, um, usually things are get pretty quick to be canceled or shelved or to move way down the line. Um, but the core of this is Michael Keaton returning in Flashpoint. So it makes sense. Flashpoint, um, he goes back in time to try and save his mom, creates a whole bunch of different timelines, fucks up his timeline, stuff like that, right? So Michael Keaton returning. Michael Keaton is like Gene Hackman for me where I recognize the love, but for me, I just don't enjoy it. I I mean, he's really good in Birdman. He's really good in a lot of other films as well. But for the most part, I just find him to be fine. I don't think he's ever really made an impact on me where I was like, wow, Michael Keaton is a star. He's a stud, and I get it, like in the 80s. In the 90s and stuff like that. He was really hitting his stride. And I totally get that. Uh, it just He has a lot of uh, just very Gene Hackman energy to me. Where I just really do not understand the love that much. I don't really think there's that much nuance there. I don't really think there's that much to really take away from any of his performances. Especially the Batman performance. I find that Tim Burton. Um, he, Tim Burton has never really been an actor's director. He's definitely been a great uh, visual stylist. Um, a lot of his films have a great um, um, production design to them. But even Keaton, like, when directors have great visual style, actors still find a way to at least bring something to it. Ewan McGregor and the prequel trilogy is a great example of that. Um, I'd go as far to say someone like, um, who else? I'm blanking right now. But anyways, main point is is I don't think Michael Keaton's particularly good as Batman. I don't think he's very exciting. I don't think he's particularly even believable in the role. Now, as an older Bruce Wayne, I can totally see it. Uh, but in the Batman part, I don't. I don't Because the problem with my, the first two Batman movies for me is that and they're both okay or either just eh, pretty mediocre. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, like how could you say such a thing in my childhood? How dare you? And it's like, yeah, I get that. That you know, that's fine. You know, just like probably people saying, like, yeah, the Dark Knight's bad or Batman Begins is bad, and it's like they're definitely not. My childhood, oh no, stuff like that. But for me, it's it's exciting for the possibilities it presents in other ways that this is going to be a Flashpoint movie. Um, but Michael Keaton isn't one of them. I'm not fond. I get it. It makes sense. Like it's it's opening up a universe, and it could be you know, tying in the Christopher Reeves Superman if they wanted to and tying in a bunch of other crap. But for me, 
I don't like when movies have to constantly go back and revisit the same well. Because if you're going to bring Michael Keaton back, bring him back as an older Bruce Wayne in a Batman Beyond movie. Or something that we haven't seen before. I know Flashpoint isn't technically something we've seen in live action, but... And same with Batman Beyond, you know, as a cartoon, as not a cartoon, sorry, as an animated show. Um, but it's just like, why can't when these stories are being put together, why can't they just go find something that's a little bit more inspired to be a part of their cast, to do something a little bit different instead of saying, here, here's Michael Keaton returning as Batman, uh, and then we won't actually find out if it's connected to that quote-unquote universe at all in any capacity and if it isn't then it's just like one of those scenarios where it's like oh wow you want to see the biggest wink and nod of all time just stuff like that is very confusing to me i mean i get it it sells people are hyped about it there they have their right to be hyped about it i would just rather when we see movies or especially comic book movies for them to like not bring such a meta element to it unless it's like a meta story because we know Flashpoint isn't going to be meta. You know, Deadpool, as eh, as those movies are, they're still pretty meta, obviously. Because they're like, oh, hey, look, Hugh Jackman exists in this universe. Here's a statue of his character from Logan, dead, dying, stuff like that. So stuff like that makes sense. But now all of a sudden when you start implementing it into Flashpoint, into you know something that doesn't really have that tone or probably style, it's a bit confusing. Because Spider-Verse is something that does that really well. And Michael Keaton's also going to be involved in the sequel, um, or and sorry, in Morbius. Um, but yeah, it's just very strange to me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad people are excited. I just, it's not very exciting news to me, just because it's like one, I'm not a big Michael Keaton fan. Two, I'm not a big fan of his Batman. And three, I just don't really understand why comic book movies can, and comic book properties beyond movies, TVs even, continue to just do these like super meta things where it's like oh my god don't you love this isn't this something you love you want to you want to feel that again you want to see that again it just rings as like super artificial to me and it's something that's not totally genuine and, and is like an idea that's like last resort where it's like they couldn't think of anything else remotely clever to do with the story um or t- who to implement because apparently he's going to be playing a pretty big role which makes sense he'll be like a mentor figure i guess but um, if it paves way for a Batman Beyond movie, totally down for it, because uh, he'd play a killer Bruce Wayne on his own, older Bruce Wayne. Um, but as of now, it is what it is. Not a big deal to me. Um, so next thing, what do we get? Um, movie theaters reopening soon. It seems like it's on the horizon. It seems like it's on right around the corner. Um, and I'm conflicted but mostly excited. Um, I'm someone that's been following COVID precautions really well. Um, I've been reiterating to my family how to take precautions, wash your hands. When you go out in public, wear your mask, stuff like that. I have to wear a mask at work, obviously. When I go out, um, it's mandated in Arizona now because everyone in Arizona decided that coronavirus was over as soon as they opened up the state, and our governor is a total lunatic. But now it's a big problem here. Um the local theater chain Harkins Theaters, um, which will forever be my favorite theater chain. Not a big AMC guy. I'm going to get into them in a second. Uh, not a big Regal guy because there's none nearby. Also going to get into them in a second. Um, but if they're opening, I'm totally down with going. Uh, I'm totally down with go- showing up with a mask with my own gloves if I have to. 
I'm in totally down with limited seating um, because I've noticed that in the last three to four months since I've been to the theater, which is the longest I've been in a years and years and years, my entire life feels like, is that I really freaking miss it. I miss it so much. I miss the smell of popcorn stepping through those doors. I miss the ticket being stub being ripped apart and the the ticket guy or girl telling you, "Hey, your theater seven's on your left. Just take a left right here, and you'll be right there." And it's like, I know I'm here every week. How do you not recognize me yet? Thank you. Um, you're just doing your job. Thank you so much. Um, I miss the smell of just everything, the feel, the vibes. I miss the chit-chatter after a movie. I miss the lights being dimmed as the trailers come on. I miss the leather reclining seats. I miss literally everything about it. And as I close my eyes and think about it, I can just envision being there. And the fact that it's going, it's around the corner now, it's a possibility. It really, it's really exciting um, just to even think about being back in a movie theater again. Under the circumstances, it's still a little stressful. It's going to put a lot of stress on a lot of people. Um, mainly the workers themselves because they're going to have to deal with people who aren't going to want to wear masks, who aren't going to want to abide by new policies, who thinks that they can just go out and do whatever they want um, because they think the world revolves around them and their privileged lives. Um, But for me, I'm totally down with going. I don't think anyone should be ashamed of going. um, And you shouldn't shame people for going if they're following precautions because, it one, it doesn't involve you. Two, it technically, I guess you can consider them being a bad citizen under the circumstances, but at the same time, it's like no one should feel ashamed for doing what they love as long as they're participating in it. So I'm all for going back. I'm all for new policies and procedures to keep everyone as safe as possible and as clean as possible until we find a vaccine for this thing so that we can go out and return to what life was like in uh, 2019, even early 2020. Um, so I'm very excited about that, but AMC and Regal, so they're kind of, uh, they're kind of the same right now in terms of like, Hey, like you totally messed up, but AMC initially was like, yeah, we're opening up no mass. You're good to come in. Here's your popcorn. Here's your soda. Boom. Theaters to your left. Theater number eight. There you go. Have a good one. Welcome to AMC. Which is super strange to me because even the you know the handful of times I've been to AMC is like they've always been kind of a very progressive theater chain beyond the movie theater like in terms of like a sociopolitical like stances. So for them to come out and initially say like, "Hey, we're not going to get involved in something as political as wearing a mask," as if that were like remotely political in any capacity and that just furthers the divide of people who think this is a political issue when it's rather just a human rights human decency issue which is a lot of the issues in this country right now and people need to realize that it's very frustrating and i'm glad that you know they went back on it and they changed their mind and said yeah we're totally gonna have you wear masks like this is an absolute necessity unless you're obviously eating um that's good i'm you know because i think a lot of times people love to be reactionary which is important um i think i'm gonna do a future podcast on like what how being reactionary is a good and bad thing because to react to something in the way that we did when it happened i'm gonna cancel a list i'm not going to amc how could they do this blah 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 at the end of the day 
the reason they changed is they changed their policies is because we reacted the way we did. There's no doubt in my mind that they put that out there to see what the response would be. Because, you know, as much as we hate to say it, these big million-dollar corporations are pretty smart. There's a reason that they are a big million-dollar corporation. Capitalism this, capitalism that. But there's a reason they make that type of money, and there's a reason that they know how to gauge the future of the movie theater experience. And they have to realize that they're obviously going to piss off a lot of people, but at the same time, they're pissing off a lot of people to figure out what's the best solution to their current problem. So, AMC, man, um, I'm glad people like going. I just think their popcorn sucks and that their theater experience is mostly bad and they show, like, way too many trailers and, like, preview footage of commercials and shit like that. It's just not for me, but... Yeah, you know, I think it's really important that we keep reacting to things the way we do. We shouldn't be afraid to be reactionary. That's why a lot of times when people are like, oh, my God, how could you be so reactionary to this news? We have to see more about it. Um, I think a lot of the times, in some cases, like, obviously, I shouldn't. But um, in a scenario like this where a company is making a big decision, it's really important that we make our voices heard so that they don't lose money. Because the most important, you know, part of, like, the country is money. And a lot of our future strives off of money. So if you start um, forcing, you know, these corporations and and saying you're going to basically be taking away money from them by canceling A-list, by not showing up and buying your $10 popcorn, stuff like that, it then forces them to reevaluate and reassess on how to move forward. Um, so I'm really glad they changed. I'm really excited that movie theaters are reopening. I think it's a really big step forward and a big concern still um, moving forward with the whole coronavirus situation. But I'm excited nonetheless. So... Um, last thing here, uh, since this was a pretty Batman centric episode for the most part, what is your favorite Batman scene and why? Um, so just think about it. If you want to comment on my Facebook post or, or tweet when I, uh, put this out there on social media, um, definitely share it or just think about it yourself. Um, cause again, as we are figuring out what the hell this podcast is and trying to mold it and assemble it into the right places, one of the things I would really like to focus on is really inspiring you to think about why you love the things you do. And even in some cases, we'll find out why you don't like the things you do. So I think it's really important to understand why do I like this and why do I like it because this is the wrong way to do it, at least in my opinion, and vice versa. Um, so my favorite Batman scene myself I was going to write this down to be quote-unquote professional and to be a great quote-unquote host, quote-unquote podcaster, but on the fly, my favorite Batman scene, let's remove the Dark Knight because there's just too many obvious answers there. We'll go with Mask of the Phantasm, um, and we'll go with the scene when Bruce is putting on his mask um, I believe for the first time, and Alfred is looking at him um, just in like shock or like some semblance of horror um, at the fact that his this person he's been looking after his whole life thus far um, is turning into this creature of the night. Um, it's what's so genius about it is that when he puts on the mask, it's done with the shadow cast on the wall. We know what's happening. So then it cuts to Alfred, and Alfred just has this look of, like, shock. 
And I think that's just a really great moment for Batman, specifically because a lot of the times that we do see him um, become Batman for the first time, it's music swelling, heroic hero shot edit with people saying something cool like it's time to get down to business and stuff like that. But in this scenario, it's something that is dramatic. It's something that means something in the story for both the characters. And I think that it's one of those moments where whenever I think about it, I'm like, wow, this is so good. This movie is not only amazing, but this moment um, for Batman in his long history of great moments um, is one that really encapsulates like my love for the character and like what it resembles, not just to him, but to Alfred. Because Alfred, let's be honest, he's always kind of gotten the short end of the stick for the most part, outside of a couple, you know, properties like Gotham and stuff like that, which a lot of people, you know, don't really like, but had a pretty decent run. Um, But, yeah, Alfred having that perspective and the camera lending itself to that perspective is really cool because we don't get to see that a lot. Um, So, love that moment. What about you guys? I'm definitely curious what you have to say. And try and not to include like villains like the interrogation scene is like a great batman scene we know it's a great batman scene but think about a scene in a batman movie that just really means a lot to that specific character something that he says something that he does something that he's upset about um and try not to get an iconic villain involved if you can um and then and then again i'm just trying to challenge you guys a little bit just to kind of uh get outside the box a little bit on your favorite batman moment um, so I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, I had a couple other things lined up that I wanted to talk about a lot of really deep psychological analysis about America, about religion, about how those things actually go hand in hand. Um, and I really want to lend my voice and my platform to that eventually, because I think it's really important to use my voice as much as possible. I really think it's anyone job right now who does have a platform even as small as mine um to spread the word on you know issues spread the word on problems and your perspective on them and how to educate people i mean i'm not the smartest dude in the world i'm not even close i did five years of high school guys a lot of people don't know that about me yes i did five years of high school yes i messed up a lot my first two years no i'm not a super senior i just did two years of sophomore year one year of junior year one year of senior year and one year of freshman year but i still did five years that's math i know that i wasn't good at math but that's definitely math i definitely did five years but you know i'm not the smartest person in the world not even close but I still think that it's really important that if you have a platform to share your perspective, to educate and to inform based on your own experiences. Um, And I was going to do that this week. I just, I want to wait for the right moment. And I really want to make sure I have a really good outline for the podcast uh, simply because I want to make sure that I touch on all the things I want to, because for me, anyone who knows me personally, especially I can kind of get off the rails sometimes. Like, I'll have a really good idea set up and I'll be chugging along perfect, perfect, perfect. And then my mind will kind of just start steering away from that. And I don't want that to happen, especially when I do have a lot of thoughts on a lot of things based on my experiences with the Catholic church, my experiences with family, my experiences with white America, my experience with privilege America and my experiences in other areas as well. Um, and I, and I, I feel like I owe that to the world 
or to my listeners and to myself uh, to really just remind you about the importance of uh, perspective and how it's probably going to differ from yours in some capacity, how it'll be similar, um, but we might share some slight disagreements and to just move forward and go from there to build a better America through our voice on the internet. Um, so this has been your host, Roman RBC. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Showtime with Roman podcast. I'm really happy I'm keeping the keeping these uh, episodes down to about half an hour. That's good. That's telling me I'm getting better at making sure I don't just start rambling and repeating myself over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but thank you once again for listening. Tune in next week. Again, I don't really know. It's kind of going to be sporadic for a while. But I am going to find a plan eventually, and I plan on having a guest very soon uh, just to sort of bounce back and forth with them a lot, about a lot of different things. Um, at the end of the day, I would love for this to try and mainly stay a movie-focused podcast. But at the same time, I would really, really, really like to make sure that every week I would like to get someone on to talk about some real-world shit because we have to. We have to. We, we can't just ignore it anymore. It's in our faces. It's blunt. It's there. We need to acknowledge it, and we need to share that with the world. So go out there. Make a difference. Make a change. Be the change you want to see um, and express your freedoms as an American with the rights that you have been offered by this country. And have a wonderful rest of your day, night, evening, wherever you may be listening to this podcast. And I'll see you in the future.